Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Modern Retail Podcast. I'm Kale Guthrie-Weissman, the Editor-in-Chief of Modern Retail. This week, we have a really special episode for you all. The episode is with Rui Carlos da Silva Araujo, who heads up Levi's Latin America business. It was recorded live in Miami at the Modern Retail DTC Summit. During our conversation, we dug into how the legendary apparel brand approaches the Latin American audience compared to its U.S. counterpart. To learn more about our events, go to www.modernretail.co slash events. That's www.modernretail.co slash events. Enjoy the episode. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. So, uh, tell us a little about yourself. What, what's your, what, how did you end up at Levi's? Well, it's a long story already. It's like 18 years. Um, I'm Portuguese, actually. So I started in Portugal, and then I ran Spain, and then a crazy Turkish uh, guy invited me to go to Brazil. So you've and been everywhere. Then, yes, and then uh, Argentina, and now in, I'm in Mexico for the last two years, running the entire region for, for the brands uh, of LS & Co. Wow, so, and were you working, what were, before you got to Levi's, what were you doing? Well, I used to work in Danone, okay. and then I went to a crazy world of telecommunications. That oh, was wow. not for me, because it's <laughs> a completely different industry, but it was a startup, so nice, nice adventure there. But I really like the product, so I really like the fashion industry, so I'm very happy where I am today. Absolutely. So give a sense for the scale of the Latin America business um, that you, because it's a lot of countries. It is. It is more than 20 countries. It is a very large uh, region from, we always say from the Rio Bravo down from the U.S., everything is Latin America until Argentina, so... I would say 20 big countries, and, uh, but plenty more islands in the central of uh, America. So it's, it's quite diverse, um, I should say. What would, I mean, would you say, is it a, a more homogeneous region? Or like if I, what, what is good, is what sells in Argentina the same as what sells in Mexico? Yeah, no, it's completely different. I think when they invite me, I was in Spain, they invite me to go to Brazil at the time, I thought, oh, this is going to be easy because this is a global brand. So everything that I did in Spain is going to work in, in Brazil. And I was so wrong because it's completely different. So we have this reverse seasonality issue that uh, when it's summer in Brazil, it's winter in Mexico and the other way around. So you, you, couldn't, you couldn't do the same formula as we were uh, working in Europe. So we have this global mindset. It's like think globally, but act locally. So we understood very well that very quickly that we need to change and uh, otherwise we're going to be failed. And, uh, Can you give a brief history of like how long, how, like what, how long has Levi's been in Latin America? What has the presence looked like and how has it evolved over the years? Yeah, it's, it's a long time. Uh, actually, Mexico was the first market that we, we went out as, outside of the U.S. because it's very close in terms of geography. But in Brazil, we are more than 50 years uh, in Chile, in Peru, Colombia, Argentina. So we are all over. The brand is present in all the countries. But uh, I would say an average of more than 50 years, we are doing business in Latin America. And what is the, the biggest Latin American country? Mexico. Mexico? Mexico is the second, second biggest country in the world right now for Levi's. Wow. It's is U.S. the first? Yes, of course. Okay. US Just making is sure. always the first. <laughs> how do, can you talk about how the U.S. business informs either Mexico or the other Latin American countries? Like, is it pretty much, is, does that lead? whatever is working here goes there or how, how are you how are you doing all that so we take from the global collection normally all the all the 
regions they choose from the global collection, but then we adapt to our local needs, right? So um, to your point, when it's winter in the US or in Europe, it's going to be summer from some parts of Latin America. So our, the collection is, done, is not going to work for us. So we need to, we went quickly to bring our local sourcing and bring the sourcing closer to our business because we needed to be uh, creative about it, right? The consumer needs different I told you the story when I met you about my yellow shorts, right? Because yeah. in Brazil, we sell yellow shorts and pink shorts and green shorts. That at that time, we don't sell it in the U.S. or in Europe, right? So we needed to bring the sourcing uh, closer to us. And I think that was a big, uh, that was the game changer for, for Latin America. How can you be closer to the consumer needs? But you need to have your sourcing base closer to you because planning from Asia you don't control that much. So where is the sourcing then? So we have everywhere. We have Mexico, we have Colombia, we have uh, Brazil, we have El Salvador. So, but we can play around. That's something that works well in Latin America. It's what they call the Mercosul. So it's a kind of a deal that in terms of trades that can flush product between the, um, the, the countries. So we can flush from Mexico to Brazil and other way around. So we have very, various um, sourcing bases today at Latin America. So can what are what are like you mentioned the yellow shorts? What yeah. like but what, give give a, a more in depth example of that? Like what what are the styles that in certain countries are really hitting harder but aren't hitting elsewhere? Yeah. I would say it's more the color. Uh, yeah. Really. So it's more about the color expansion, um, our time to market, because of course, having the sourcing base next to us, we reduce a lot our uh, time to market in terms of product in the floor. And, uh, and the other one is the fabric. So is this very hot on Argentina, Chile, or Brazil? We need much more lighter uh, jeans and fabrics, right? And we, we are able to do it uh, on not only working with a global collection, because it's going to be winter for them, it's going to be summer for us. So. We play around on expanding color, um, not that much the fit because the, a short of 501 is a short of 501. Yeah. It's going to be a success everywhere. But we want a yellow, we want a green, yeah. we want a red, and the other one, the other guys will want different colors. So I think it's more color expansion, time to market, and uh, and the fabric issue also that we, we were able to have much more uh, wider offer. Would you say the consumer profile is different? Yeah, sure. Talk talk to me about this. Yeah, yeah, it's completely different. I think it's. Uh, Again, not only for the season, because they will demand different uh, products because of the season, but uh, I think Latin America, and especially Argentina, Brazil, Colombia, they are much more fashion-driven than, I would say, some countries on the North Hemisphere, or Mexico, for instance, mm -hmm. that are much more formal. Um, we don't like the word fast fashion. We like the word much more lifestyle. We are much more a lifestyle brand. But yes, I think they are much more European-driven on this South European, like Spain and Italy, much more than the US and some countries in Latin America. So the Colombians, the Argentinians, and the Brazilians, they are really, really fashion. So uh, I think the consumer is quite different. So we need to adapt to that one. So when you say they're more fashion-focused, are they spending more and looking for, for different types of fits? Or is it that it's just they're, they're not looking for as classic of looks? Yeah, I would say both. I would say they look for different um, products, uh, more seasonal, um, more Fashion, because again, Zara and Inditex is always a benchmark, right? Yeah. But uh, I think they are much more, uh, they rotate much more, they spend more. It's, it's a poor region, guys. It's not that the power acquisition is huge in Latin America, but uh, when they have it, they spend. They are really heavy consumers, uh, but it's a small percentage of the, of the total, right? And how does e-commerce fit into the play uh, with, uh, with the Latin America countries? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's I would say, 
it's still new, the e-commerce for us is nothing like US or Europe. Um, new thing like seven years ago, we started this uh, e-commerce. It's growing, 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 growing from a low basis. Yeah. It's a different model that normally we use in Latin America because we want to, go, we want to grow faster. So normally we use this 3PL full commerce provider. So we normally, we don't do it in-house 100%. We always okay. hire a, um, a partner that, um, that does the service for us with full control of the brand from us. So there's no any problem uh, on that one. And the other important thing in Latin America is marketplace. So marketplace is the, is the key. So you need to have your, mar- you have your own site, like levi.com, .mx, whatever, but you need to have your marketplace players there but you need to control the marketplace. So we control the product, we control the pricing because you can't get, you can't allow this, this marketplace to control your brand. Otherwise it's going to be starting to mark down and mark down. So we control the brand in terms of marketplace. Also. What would be the marketplace? Like what are the marketplaces? Like Mercado Libre? Mercado Libre, Mercado oh. Libre, Dafiti and other, Amazon. Yeah. Um, but in, we control, for instance, on the marketplace model there. So we don't sell in to them. So we, the product is ours and we control the way that we, we expose the product and the pricing. So we don't give them the, the, the opportunity to mark down or to play around with the product. So that's a very important strategy for us. And has it always been that way? Like, do they, have they always allowed you to do that? No, yeah. it, was, it was a long road. At the beginning, we used to sell in and of course, they would manage the product and the brand. But it took us years to start convincing them that if we, if we control the brand on the marketplace strategy, we can grow faster. And, uh, and it was a long, long way. Um, Mercado Libre is the biggest marketplace yeah. in Latin America. It's bigger than Amazon in Latin America, much, much bigger. But now we are working in a marketplace strategy with them, and they figured out that that was the way to go with Levi. So we are quite happy. But and, it took us a while. And you find that more, more Latin American shoppers are on Mercado Libre than, they are, than, they, than, than you have in the DTC business? What, is that true? I would say the traffic is huge, right? Yeah. It's huge, huge. So I think if you, even if you have like a small percentage of the traffic of Mercado Libre, it's, it's, it's huge compared to what the traffic you generate on your own site, et cetera, right? Because these are monsters of, uh, of a marketplace. So I would say yes, I would say yes. Got it. Different uh, profile of consumer probably, but yes. Let's go into stores because I know that you guys, you have a pretty robust store strategy in, in many different countries. So is it a one size fits all where you open a store, the same store in every country? How, how do you approach that? So we are living a moment in Latin America that is like, it's crazy. Huh? So, so guess what? Latin America is still expanding and opening stores, right? It's opening shopping centers, and I, actually, if any of you guys want to open an outlet in Latin America, I will partner with you guys, because there's a huge, huge white space of outlets in Latin America, not that much in the U.S. probably, but a huge opportunity to expand in terms of real estate, and after pandemic, you know, Latins, we are Latins, and we like to touch, we like to hug, we like to go to the stores, etc. so our traffic is like crazy, crazy high. People are really coming back to the stores, we are, see the, we are seeing this momentum, and, um, and the physical retail is working for us. So I think that's, uh, that's a huge opportunity between the combination of the white space still to open. Um, Levi's is really uh, experienced a lot of people coming to the stores, a new concept of, store, also of the stores that we have. It's really working very well. So I think this is a momentum that we are going to really take advantage and continue to, to build on, opening and opening and expanding more. So you said there's a new concept. I'm assuming you're talking about Indigo, correct? Yeah. For those who don't know, what is Indigo? So the Indigo next gen that we call is this new concept of Levi's. I don't know if you guys already saw it. So we basically are killing the, the windows. We are just opening the entire facade of the stores. It's a much more 
invite you to come in. It's, um, it's a much more lifestyle brand. We have less density of product. You used to see, I don't know, Levi's stores with a lot of blue, 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 right? Because of the jeans. We have much more, less, less density, much more tops, much more lifestyle, more mannequins. Um, the experience also, right? We have these tailor shops that people can really customize something really quickly. Need to, we have this tailor, tailor shop to go that you just can customize something and you can go and personalize your, your item. So I think the stores are really uh, happier. Uh, the product is different. And I think invite us, everybody to get I in. Mean, the traffic increases a lot because we, we don't have the windows and everybody gets in, gets the experience. So, and it's working really well, really uh, well for us. Can you, do you, does a Latin American shopper have different expectations or interact differently, differently with stores than they do in the U.S.? Like, the, I, or, and do you design them differently to deal with whatever their needs might be? I, 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 don't, I don't think we design it differently. We merchandising differently, yeah. right? In terms of product, come to the first part of the, of the questions. Um, and then I think it's the staff. Right, I think um, probably in the U.S. there's a lot of this um, self-buying. Um, right, I go to the store, I don't know, to Macy's and Penny's, etc. In Latin America, you really need to have your staff assistance. Right, people like to, and again, we like to talk, we like to interact. So it's not easy to sell the jeans. Right, it's it's not easy. You need to understand the fit and if it's stretched, if it's skinny, if you don't skinny, you need to go to the fitting room. So I think the staff um, uh, training and the staff people, it's very important for us in Latin America. I think it's a key um, um, player on the entire uh, role of uh, things, the beginning on the, attending the consumer until the, the cash out. I think the staff is a very important one. We invest a lot on that, uh, on that one. Got it. And so where, have these new Indigo stores opened yet? Yeah, yeah, already. We opened the first one was in the U.S., but in, in Latin America, we opened the first one last year, and now we have dozens of dozens of stores, and we want to continue to refit and remodel and open more. How many stores do you have, Indigo stores, in the Latin American region do you have? In, La in the Indigo, I would say around, right now, 50 stores wow. uh, to 60 stores. And Total Latin America is a 400. Got it. And how does, like, how does that fit into the e-com strategy? So, like, like, I know that a lot of brands use, the, you know, you said you use 3PLs usually for fulfillment, so I'm assuming you're not using your stores. Like, is, is there an interaction between the two? Do you use that for insights? to know what the customers in that certain city are, are buying? How, what is the interaction? Yeah, we, we are starting to, to test a lot, especially in our flagship in, um, in Mexico City. We have a big flagship, Madero. Yeah, we are, we are having the pickup in store, ship from store. We are doing all, um, all of those uh, issues. But again, to my point, we see this opportunity still in Latin America that people want to go to the physical stores. Yeah. Yes, the, the omni capabilities are there is important. And it's for us, it's very not, it's, it's well because it's growing, but probably the physical retail is growing faster. And that, that's quite surprising right now if you see the entire world always managing. But uh, it's still something that we want to really leverage on in terms of the physical stores. But uh, we are starting to have those capabilities on the stores, on the main stores, not all of the stores, and the, the key cities. So we have these strategies on attacking key cities. Um, can you talk, you said Mexico City. I know you have the, the big flagship, the House of Strauss. That, that's a big concept store, right? Yeah. Actually, it's not a store. Uh, okay, okay, sorry. It's a, it's I apologize. <laughs> so we have these uh, five houses. Uh, it's a Levi Strauss house. So we had the first one was LA. We have Tokyo. We have um, London, Johannesburg, and we opened Mexico City. So it's our center of culture. It's it's not a house to sell. So it's a house to to receive, to experience the brand. Where we receive our key opinion leaders, uh, where they can 
see where the brand came from, where the brand it is today. So we have different rooms, different experience. We invite, we have our events there. So it's a kind of a, how you want to show up as a brand and um, starting with the key opinion leaders, receiving them there. And it's, we are quite happy with the results so far in terms of the impact. We open in March and um, it's doing very well. So is it, it's just, do you, is it more of an event space or a community space you would say is, is what you would call it? Yeah, it is kind of that, uh, where you also can have your events uh, in terms of parties, uh, you can launch products uh, yeah. for PR events, um, receive all these guys that want to be very uh, private uh, uh, in terms of um, explaining all the, where the brand comes from. We have a huge room only from the story of the 501, where it comes from. And actually 501 next year makes 150 years. So it is the iconic jeans. Next year is an amazing year for us. It's 150 years of the 501. So you can tell your stories at the same time, of course, all the collaborations and all the momentums of the brand that they, these guys can experience in first uh, in first hand. And so you mentioned key opinion leaders. Can you go into just what the overall influencer key opinion leader landscape is in Latin America? We have everything, right? <laughs> we, have, we have everything, and uh, we have from the artists, music. We are coming back, of course, after pandemic to a lot of uh, Levi's was always very connected with music, right? Sponsored uh, music. We are going to do a Corona Festival. We did Lollapalooza in, uh, in Chile. We're going to do it next year. So we have uh, Rock and Rio. So Levi's is, com is coming back on that perspective. So, but again, it, it goes um, around artists, music, uh, influencers uh, in, each, in each industry. So Levi's is very diverse on that perspective. So um, quite, uh, quite diverse. Yeah, all over the place. I wanted to ask, and you sort of mentioned this when you mentioned the e-com strategy, but this is, in my own research, I've looked into this, just depending on each country you're in in Latin America, fulfillment can be a nightmare in terms of getting it to people's houses. How, does, how, do, you, do, you, how do you figure that out specifically for countries where you know, there can be delays as long as two to three weeks to get something delivered? You're going to be quite surprised, but it, in, in, in a big country, so we have these big, five big countries, right? Mexico, Colombia, Chile, Argentina, and Brazil. It works quite well. Really? It works quite well. So I have, I think, so I live in Europe also. Um, I go back every, every month actually there. And I think Amazon, Mercado Libre, and Rappi, they work better in Sao Paulo or in Buenos Aires or in Mexico City than they work in Europe. So it's really, really, really uh, impressive uh, what they are doing there. So it's, it's big cities, right? Mexico is 26 million people. Sao Paulo is 21 million people. So these three big players... It's, you can receive same day, like in hours. It's fantastic how the, the, the logistics works there, right? It's on the key cities. I, I figure out probably more outside of yeah. that. Uh, the key cities will be different, but it works better than Europe for me. So, my personal opinion. That makes, that makes sense. That's interesting. What, in terms of sort of future looking, like what are you, where are you seeing, like what, what are your big emphases for the year to come? Is it just about getting better merchandise, you know, or making the, get, getting new products to those customers? Are you launching new e-com capabilities? What, what are you thinking about in terms of what's coming up? Yeah, so you used to say that retail, everything is about location, and I do agree, but in Levi's, or at least in Latin America, I'm much more about merchandising, right, and product. If we have the right product at the right time, with the right price, the right brand, and I think we have the right brand. I think everything starts with the product, right? And understanding the consumer. So we are investing a lot on the, on the continue to dig in on, the, on our local production machine and uh, how we can re-extend the consumer in a more uh, perfect way. Different styles, different fabrics, different colors, time to market. We need to be, again, we are not gonna be a fast fashion brand, but we need to be on time. 
and we need to be a lifestyle brand. We are a lifestyle brand, but we need to be on time what the consumer needs. And Latin America is very, very uh, fast, right? Yeah. You have, of course, Inditex is there, H&M is there, but you have a lot of local brands that are really amazing the way they operate in the market. So it's very competitive with the local brands also that you compete. So I would say product, product, product. Location, of course, and retail will continue to expand. E-commerce is going to be there. But I think there's still a wide space of, uh, of physical retail that is going to come on the next, on the next uh, years. Uh, we have countries coming back like, guess what, Venezuela. We have uh, Republica Dominicana coming back. We have Colombia on fire. There's a lot going on uh, after, of course, the war in Ukraine and everything that went with the lockdowns in Asia. A lot of investment came to this part of the, of the world, not only in apparel, but overall in industries. So we are seeing a momentum. Uh, of course, inflation is there and everything is there. We are not in other planets, but we are seeing an opportunity to navigate um, on this next uh, 12 months, 18 months. Can you go, you, I want you to go a little bit deeper because you, you're talking about Inditex, H&M and also the local brands. Have, I, like, whenever, when I was in uh, Buenos Aires, I remember, I think Zara was one of the, 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 big, the big things there. I think I saw a couple of stores. Are, are they really the, the key retailers driving it? Are they, how, how much do they fit into how you're thinking about the products that you're serving to them? Or are you trying to be different from these other very major fast fashion retailers? Yeah, yeah you, you always have to, to compete on the same market, right? Nike, Adidas, yeah. and Zara. So they are the three big ones that we compete um, and the consumer is the same, so you need to compete. But I think Levi's is a different proposal. But when you go to more our competitors, like, I don't know, Calvin Klein yeah. or uh, Diesel, etc., I think, of course, jeans. But we want to be a lifestyle brand, right? We want to sell more tops. We want to sell shoes. We want to sell accessories, etc. So um, we need to bear in mind that we compete with Nike, with Adidas, and, um, and Zara, etc. They are always a reference, not only in terms of product, but in terms of retail, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you are next to these guys, it works, right? The, 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 the traffic is going to be there. And uh, so I always say you don't need to be a... a an, an MBA in terms of real estate, you just be next to Nike or near Zara, it's, you're going to succeed, right? Because the traffic is going to come. So I think you need to be, be sharp, but uh, you need to have also your strategy in terms of uh, as a brand. So when you said earlier that in Latin America, they're, you know, they're going back to stores, the traffic's going up. In terms of your strategy, does that just mean open new and more stores? Or does that mean... Chain, like figure it like are you thinking about how you're going to update store design are you like how are you thinking about all of that in terms of so that it's meeting them you know w- w- how they want to shop? I would say both both because um, we continue to expand open stores especially in Mexico um, more than other countries but we want we need to refit and remodel and re- update our stores right and I think that's our a, a brand it looks like uh, for in terms of the consumer and then I think the stores that we already have, it's very rare that the new stores are going to be better than the stores that we have. So if you don't take care of what you already have and refit it and update it and put it on the, on the Indigo concept, um, doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to continue to open new stores very nice and these stores continue to be old. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a bit of everything, but I will prioritize that we need to take care of what we have today because what we have today is our best stores, but they need to look even better. So that's why our urgency on, on rushing the Indigo concept all over, it's, uh, it's our priority right now. And of course, not losing opportunities of opening uh, stores 
that are important for us. So you said Mexico is the is the biggest Latin America. Yeah. Uh, is there a fastest growing? Is there another one that's sort of on the rise that you think will be a powerhouse in the couple next couple of years? Yeah, Chile. Really? Yeah. Chile is, is, is doing well, but I would say right now everything is doing well, right? Colombia is doing well. I just came back from Argentina and Brazil, really doing well on fire. Um, small countries, doesn't go on your radar, you guys, but Panama, Ecuador, they're doing well. But of course, by the size, Mexico, uh, it's, it's today our our best country. Can you give some numbers in terms of like how many like Indigo stores you want to open in a couple of years? Like what are what are the big three goals you want to get in terms of Latin America openings and and strategy and expansion? Yeah, we want to again refit as much as we can. As is of course a combination of budget but a combination of uh, how fast can we do it and uh, of course the landlords and the shoppings etc. But I would say if today we have around 400 stores in Latin America. Uh, I would love to have at least 50% on the, on the next two years. Wow. Uh, that's uh, that's how fast we want to do. And of course, the new openings will be already on the Indigo. But um, it needs to be fast because you can't merchandising even better your assortment on an old store. Yeah. So the product will not showcase. So you need to have this match on having the right store, the new concept with the, with the right product. So that was going to be the perfect equation, right? But again, you can't refit 400 in one year. So we will do, but uh, it's ambitious, the plan on the next 12 months. So and it's going to be around 50%, I would say. Do these new stores shake up? And when you're, if you're remodeling an old store to be an Indigo, or do they shake up the staffing at all? Or how does that work? Oh. Of the staffing of the stores, like people who work there? Yeah. Like, does it change the how many people you hire? No, like? no, 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 no. It's, uh, we are starting to have challenges, right? Because we see traffic increasing so yeah. much and uh, our conversions is getting down. So it's happy that it's quite, quite interesting because before we, wa- we were fighting because people, we want more people to get in on the stores. To, and then the staff would say, I don't have people in the store, so I need to generate marketing campaigns, drive traffic yeah. to the stores. And then you need to convert. Now I don't need to do it because people are getting into the stores, but I need to convert them. But it's so huge the traffic that got, got into the stores that people just get in. Probably they will buy by themselves. The staff doesn't have time to attend them. Wow. And probably to your point, probably need to refor- reinforce more staff yeah. because the conversion get, went down even as traffic went up. So it's a combination. You have low, lower traffic, higher conversion, or you want higher traffic, lower conversion. Yeah. At the end, I think it's more about selling better and not only selling more. Got it. Makes sense. I always say this. All right. Well, Rui, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you, guys. Thank you. That's great. Yeah. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Modern Retail Podcast, a show by Digiday. If you haven't already, please do subscribe and head to Apple Podcasts to leave us a review and a rating. See you next week.